0: If you're like most businesses, you've adapted throughout COVID. As we tip into the fourth wave, you're probably nervous as heck as to what the fall and winter will bring. How well are you prepared to handle another downturn or worse? Another unexpected change. And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership.
1: Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business, so you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain.
0: Welcome to this episode of Experience Leadership. I am so glad that you are here with us. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business not just in their business. I am your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain. And today, my guest is master of solutions, Ivano Angaro. Today, we're gonna be talking about what we need to do to be ready for the next wave of change that we're gonna see in our businesses. And we'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, feel free to subscribe to this program. I'd love to make absolutely sure that you don't miss a single episode As it is released. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook? We've talked about change a lot on this show, but really, change is nothing new. I mean, our businesses and our markets change all the time. And what makes COVID so unprecedented is that it has affected so many industries, so many businesses, all at the same time. But change, the actual change in your business is never going to stop. So that brings us to our question of the day. What have you put in place now to strategically deal with the changes that are coming up on the horizon? I'd love for you to be part of the conversation today. Feel free to share this episode on social media along with your comments and your thoughts. And don't forget, please tag it with the hashtag experience leadership. That'll make sure that we get into the conversation together. My guest today is an entrepreneur, a businessman, educator, published author, and artist. After a 40-year career as a dentist in rural Alberta and spending 12 years as an award-winning clinical instructor, Ivano Angaro now helps businesses and entrepreneurs develop their skill sets with personal success and building wealth. Welcome, Ho. Thank you so much for coming today. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here today.
2: It's, uh, I'm so excited to be here.
0: We talked so long ago. It seems so long ago that you and I connected and said, oh, we have to do a show together. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into today's topic, I understand that you have some self-assessment questions you'd like to pose. Why don't we get into that and encourage everybody maybe to take out a pen and pencil? If you're watching this show, you can. If you're watching a recording of this, you can pause it and just get yourself a pen and paper and go through this because I I think this is going to be rather enlightening, Ivano.
2: All right, this is just a simple fun quiz and it deals with what I consider to be the seven fundamental keys of success, both in business and personal. And the way we're going to do this quiz is we're going to there's uh, seven keys. And we're gonna give each key a value of zero if you have done nothing about it or haven't thought about it or you suck at it. And a three if you're a rock star at it. Don't be overly analytical about this, but do be brutally honest with yourself. So the seven keys are number one, integrity. Number two is purpose. Number three is attitude. Number four is a life master plan. Number five is personal mastery. Number six is community. Number seven is a wealth building strategy. So give yourself one zero to three. And then what you're going to do is once you've given yourself the score and you should have it done by now, because we don't want to, like I said, we don't want to belabor this. And you multiply that by five to give you a percentage score. And where this little quiz comes in handy as going forward, you can reevaluate yourself periodically, and then you can see how you're doing compared to your initial score.
0: Very good. So I hope everybody's got a chance to do that. Like I said, if you're going to watch this on the recording, you can go back and you can get those tags for each one and then rate yourself from zero to three and see how that plays out for you. Ivano, you are no stranger to the effects of business changes. I understand like especially during recessions and that's so you, you yourself have had to undergo some major <laughs> major adjustments.
2: I've experienced a number of adjustments in every downturn that that we've had. The most significant was one was fairly early in my career, which was the National Energy Program, which most people are too young to remember that experience. Of course then there was one in the 90s and, and and there were several along the way. So in each situation you've had we've had to adapt individually. So yes, it's 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 important to be able to change and adapt.
0: So how have you adapted? I understand that you at one point got into a, a retail environment just before was it the 2008 recession?
2: Yes. That was a tough that was a tough 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 scenario. That experience was we had purchased a franchise, a flooring franchise, because I had just retired from dentistry and I wanted something else to do with my life. But When you're in a dental practice, you're only creating revenue when you're physically working on a patient, There's, whereas we decided that we wanted something where we could actually have employees and we could be away from the, from the business of working in the business while we had employees do the, the generate revenue for us and uh, that seemed a reasonable alternative. Unfortunately, six months into the business, the economy tanked and our revenues went from where we were on par with the general uh, revenues that were being created across the, the franchise to almost nothing. So we had to, one of the ways we adapted is we had to, first of all, cut staff. The other thing is that we had, the reason we were able to survive is because we had actually purchased the actual building and there was a roughly a half a million dollar renovation that had to be done on the building in order to to run the business. And had we not owned the building and had to pay the lease on that, we would have shut our doors within six months of opening. As it turned out, the fact that we owned the business and we didn't, we could forego paying ourselves rent because the mortgage payments on the building were not significant because we had We actually purchased a a significant part of of the building. We were able to get past that stage, and eventually we hired more people again as the economy turned around. But again, one of my strategies for surviving this type of downturn is to be in control of the space that you're occupying. I learned that lesson very early on in my my career. When you first start out, you don't have the capital to purchase, a building, and we leased the building. And our landlord had forced us to, well, the only building available in the town that we wanted to s- set up practice. And we had to basically lease out the whole building, which was two bays, instead of the one that I wanted. Of course, I invested in the renovations, and of course, I had to sublet the other half of the building. The landlord, after four, when it came time to renew, the landlord had interviewed the our tenant, and realized that they were paying a a substantial amount for lease and he was upset that that he hadn't capitalized on that aspect because in essence, we almost had free rent for our portion of the building. So he decided it was appropriate to quadruple the rent on the building, the lease. And I said, by that time, that's when the national energy program had kicked in and we were in a downturn economy at, at that point and a four times increase in the lease was not sustainable. And he thought he had us because of the investment that we put to renovate it. But I said, no, it's not doable. And he called our bluff and we moved out. There you <laughs> so, go. Yeah. And uh, we ended up purchasing a building that another dentist had renovated because he was undergoing similar financial struggles at the time of the NEP with decrease in business. So by pooling our resources we were able to purchase a share in another building and of course the landlord was stuck with that building unfortunately and the lease forced the other the other tenant also to close yep. and that building was left unleased for almost 4 years because of that that move so that's some of the types of experiences and adaptations that you have to make in in business
0: right right and, you know, like you said, you know, when you don't have the wherefore all to be able to purchase your own building, you're always going to be at the mercy of the landlord. Absolutely. How would you, you know, I, I've done episodes regarding talking to landlords. We did one about a year ago when the closures were first starting happening. And we talked to a lease specialist about what, you, how you need to talk to your landlord and what you need to talk about. And then yep. about eight months ago, we did another one because new opportunities were emerging in lease spaces. Having gone through that experience yourself now, if you, if there is somebody listening to this who is, oh my goodness, that is my reality is like, I'm about to close my doors because my landlord's not negotiating with me. What kind of advice would you give them?
2: Well, right now it's, uh, you know, one type of problem creates a different type of opportunity right now. If you are in a position, uh, first of all, let me just back for just one second right now, Leases are uh, incredibly easy to negotiate. It it should be. Right now, I was speaking to my sister who's from Calgary, and she's been in, in that type of business. She's in a debt management business, helping people get out of debt. Right now in Calgary, there are buildings where the landlords will sign a lease for paying the taxes and the utilities only right now. So that is, is an excellent opportunity if you're a, a business person to be able to negotiate a good, a good lease. There's also a second opportunity here because these properties are not being leased, this puts financial stress on the owners of some of those buildings. So there's a potential here to actually seek an opportunity to actually purchase your own property at this time. Because first of all, the prices are, are depressed, you're going to solve the problem for a landlord who, who has no, no, no cash flow or reduced cash, in some cases, no cash flow, and may be willing to negotiate a, a sale of, of a building. Or there may be some that are going on the market. So this is an excellent opportunity if you're considering a long-term move to purchase your own building and, ha- and have that security. I just went to um, an Indian food restaurant in St. Albert, and uh, business had been there a long time. And, I, and it was the first time I'd been to this particular building. And it was a, a brand new uh, mall area, beautiful new building. So the, the gentleman was sort of middle-aged. So I, I asked him if this was his building because this is new here. He says, yeah, he says it's new. And uh, and I was being a little bit nosy. And, and he says he had he'd purchased the building. And he had volunteered that he had been paying $14,000 a month for his lease on the other building. And this he had purchased this brand new building. So that gives you an idea that there's other people on in the marketplace that are making those those switches.
0: Sure. Yeah. And so then the message I get from that is just because you don't see a for sale sign out front, doesn't mean that if you're interested in opening up a shop somewhere, that you don't go to the landlord and see what the purchase rights might be. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And there would be, speaking with brokers, that's the person you'd want to speak to, to, to find out what is available. And sometimes the brokers can suggest the opportunity to purchase a building. Yeah, I know my, my daughter is a chiropractor and they have a partnership uh, in a very successful chiropractic practice. Mm-hmm. And she was also a belly dancer at one time. when <laughs> She was in, in her youth and she had actually, she had so many hassles in obtaining space for her belly dance business that she actually ended up buying a commercial space in order to run her her own business. And I was asking her about, because they are leasing their chiropractic clinic space. And I was asking her, well, why don't you offer the guy uh, uh, to purchase your space? Because then you're not subject to the whims of of the landlords. And she says, no, he's not going to (laughs) sell. So they, you know... Many scenarios people like to have to be the landlord, and, and certainly I've spent part of my business plan was to be a landlord, and I was for a number of years. Where mm-hmm. when we had a, a multi unit location, sure, uh, location with for it was an 18 suite apartment, so that's a pretty good position to be in,
0: yeah. You know, my background having been uh, an economic development officer for a municipality. Talking with business owners, I was always really shocked by how some business owners weren't where they thought they would be when they opened up their business and they had a picture in their head of what success looked like. And but then they had to do all these different pivots. In your experience, how does one know if they are on the right track? We just talked about leasing and and landlords and that sort of thing, but you know, even those situations can cause operators to start switching tracks and start doing things differently in order to compensate. So how does one know if they are on the right track? Well,
2: you have to look at your bottom line, (laughs) right? (laughs) If if the business isn't providing you with the the income that you've set out to gain, then you have to reconsider and reevaluate the situation. And that's that's a very important part of proper business management is to Mm -hmm. make sure that you're making the right uh, long-term decisions.
0: Yeah. We've talked a lot on this show about the need for some business owners to park their egos and ask yeah. for help. How important is it, in your experience, that people should get out there and look for subject matter experts to help them with their businesses?
2: Uh, well, we've used coaches on, on a number of occasions. They've always been, have been uh, <laughs> helpful. And this is an ongoing thing with us with respect to our businesses. My wife is a member of the eWomen network. And that's been very helpful for us and for her mindset. She, my wife is the one who's, who's managing the, the flooring business. And it has helped us immensely in, in moving moving the business forward. Again, we're currently looking at, uh, at some help with increasing our sales. It's, it's now become a, flooring has been a very competitive, very competitive market. There's a large, well funded business which is in our competitive market. And we're looking for ways to continue to grow our business in spite of, of that type of challenge. And we're looking for, we actually have interviewed a person who has had immense experience in the marketing side of things. And we are hiring him to help us in that regard. So obviously, as a small business, we don't, the business person, we don't have all the answers. And there are experts out there that have answers that can help us out either because of their experience or because of of their training. So it is prudent to find someone to help you fill those gaps that you have in your own knowledge. And I've implemented that throughout my career whenever necessary. So,
0: I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into that because I think that's when, before we get to the seven key foundations, I think it's really important that we define kind of this idea of how we analyze
3: that. And so we'll get to that right after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com.
0: We are talking about weathering the storm of change or the storm that is change. We just before the break got into this idea that, you know, sometimes we have to go out and we have to hire somebody to counter or compensate for our lack of knowledge. Ivano, in your experience, like it, it takes a lot, I think, for a business owner to turn around and say, I don't have all the answers. And yet they don't necessarily know what the problem is they only know the symptom they're they're looking at the symptom my sales are down my labor turnover is high i'm not getting people in my store these are all symptoms of a problem how do they delve into their business analysis so that they turn around and go you know what's missing is something i don't know i don't know anything about this aspect of business that's an
2: interesting challenge because there's always egos. <laughs> I've had my own share of, of ego over you know, the past years. I can do this better than somebody else. And, and I think I know the answer to that one. But this is something that I think involves some personal soul searching individually. And to admit to oneself that, you know, where where the gaps to one's own knowledge is. And there's, there's ways and systems of managing that or dealing with it one of the seven was one of the seven keys foundational keys is uh, what i call personal mastery and there are systems for analyzing what aspects of knowledge that you have and that you need where to find the to identify the gaps of what you need to move forward and find the right person to help you out in that regard
0: yeah It's great that you talked about the seven keys, because I think what I'd like to do is kind of go through each point individually and talk about the effect. Because I think what happens is when we get thrown into crisis, we become very reactive. And we not only forget why we're in business, we forget our why, we forget the mission that we were on and our original vision. Because like you said, we start this focus now all of a sudden on the bottom line, we focus on our margins and all the crisis of, you know, how am I going to do this? And I think if people took a moment to reflect a little bit back on these seven keys of business excellence, I think that they could help reset themselves and reset their thinking as they move forward. What do you think? Yeah.
2: I think this is where those seven keys, that's actually a good approach, I think, to move forward and to basically to assess and reevaluate. That's something one should do on a regular basis anyway, so...
0: Right. Yes. And so if we were going to go through the seven keys, could we go through each one and then just talk about the ramifications as we go forward? Yeah. Yeah.
2: In my mind, I think all seven keys are equally important in terms of overall personal business success. But I think in terms of the sequence of, of how you implement, the, the way you think about them and implement them, is, I think is important. And the way I, I present it, or use an analogy, it's like building a house, right? When you're building a house, you can't build the walls before you build the foundations. You can't build the roof before the, the walls. You have to bu- build the foundations first, then you build the walls, then you build the roof, and then you finish the interior. So that's the way to think about these seven keys. The seven keys, so let's, let's begin with the first one, I think, is integrity. Mm-hmm. Integrity is, in my mind, a social contract between yourself and society you live in so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship and more importantly i think integrity is essential to your own peace of mind and mental well-being i think many of the problems that people are having with with respect to perhaps the stress and depression and, and some of these other things are due in part to the way they they behave with the with society and environment, and then that comes back in the term in terms of incongruity, which negatively impacts people's mental well-being. So that's where I think integrity comes in. So if you if you behave with integrity, you're going to have a healthier state of mind, and and, and that helps yourself as well as society.
0: You know, my only challenge I have with the word integrity is how people yeah. define it can be can be a little bit different between one person and another one one person could look at it as being trustworthy whereas somebody another person could be that you deliver on your promises right and and the two might be i mean they're tied but they're not necessarily identical and in reality that that's it's both sure right so you don't want to narrow
2: it down too much but that's but i think generally speaking when people speak of integrity it's There's a pretty good understanding of of that. The second thing is purpose. Your life purpose and business usually go together. So very early in my life, I had this sense of purpose to, to help other people in one way or another, and my profession of choice was dentistry, and that was very satisfying emotionally for me. I went on to education, which was, again, very satisfying, and, of course, the purpose of, of my family. So there's there's a number of, of aspects of life that involve having a clearly defined purpose in your life and then your business is part of that. The third the third key is attitude. You have to have a, a positive expectation of life and there are a number of positive attitudes that that you or me and we have to embrace And if you have negative attitudes and you put negative attitudes out there, people will react negatively to you. And that has detriments both personally and uh, professionally in in your business. So attitude is important. In my mind, the, the fourth fundamental key is to have a life master plan. I've spoken to a lot of people and most of them don't have a life master plan. If you don't know where you want to go, which you're, purpose is is part of where you want to go. How can you plot a course to get there? So the importance of setting up a master plan. The fifth one is personal mastery. We talked about that briefly earlier. How do you know what your gaps are? So one has to uh, look at oneself in terms of what you need in terms of skills, knowledge, and experience to get where you want to go, and then you have to fill the gaps somehow. That may mean taking courses, maybe take accounting, maybe it means getting a coach, maybe these two coaches, maybe it means involved in a mastermind. This is something that when I was practicing in rural Alberta, I didn't have access to the masterminds that I would have liked to join, partly because of isolation, partly we don't have the the method of, of communicating with so many people that we have today. But I was able to get cassettes and books and, and that sort of thing to fill that I, as a young graduate, didn't, didn't know. They teach you how to do certain things, but running a business, you've got to figure it out yourself. And so personal mastery is something that one needs to reevaluate on a regular basis and seriously find the gaps that you have and fill those gaps. With there's all sorts of wonderful, brilliant, smart people out there that can help you out in various aspects, and because of my 12 years in student assessment, I've actually created a comprehensive assessment tool that actually fits this this personal mastery analysis. And really, it boils down to it's based on Napoleon's Napoleon Hill's work about thinking, grow rich. Mm-hmm. So that's where a significant part of the, the, the concept for this analysis uh, came about. And I've used it extensively with students in assessing their, their needs because even at the, the thoroughbred, <laughs> thoroughbred caliber of, of dental students, which most of them are much smarter than I am, they still need help to fill those gaps where they need it. So that's, yes. that's satisfying. The sixth point is, is community. And community means the team that you need to help support you, lawyers, accountants, and all those other people. But the other important thing, aspect of ICS community is your customer. You need to know who your customer is, what the customer needs are. And when you analyze those things, and you do that carefully, then you can adjust your business to suit the needs of your customer community. And if you're not, don't have the number of customers that you need, or the amount of cash flow that you need, there's a good chance that you're missing something in the customer needs, demands, uh, and so on. So the community is a very important aspect to consider. And uh, finally, most people don't have a wealth building plan, a strategy. And that's something that I think is, is an important thing to implement. In my situation, part of my wealth building strategy is not to pay rent. someone (laughs) and pay it to myself because, and I've had debates with my accountants, those you can write it off. But if you can write something off, that means you have to generate the income to produce to pay for that write off. Whereas if you own your own building and you don't want to pay rent, then you don't have to work as hard (laughs) or as long or, you know, and in essence, over time, you're actually building equity, which you can at some point discharge and cash in for other for other things. And as I mentioned earlier, I did that after my very first lease. I've always owned my own building and I've invested in other buildings, which I then was able to sell at a substantial profit in time. So, and, and one that doesn't necessarily need to invest in buildings. There's also, there's other investment venues one can, can look at. But the point is that with respect to business, you know, you can take the money that you'd be you'd be spending on a lease to build your own building. And then once that's paid for, you can spend that money, treat that money and invest it in other things. Whereas as long as you're leasing, that money is going to someone else.
0: Sure it is. And so those seven keys, I think, again, you know, looking at it from uh, the prospect of being able to reset yourself and reset your mindset. Yeah. I think these are yeah, really yeah. key components. Ivano, this is such great information. How can people get in touch with you? If they stay, if this resonates with them and they need your help. I'm offering a a half hour free consult. Mm -hmm. I can give you the link to that if you like. The link is in the show notes.
2: (laughs) Is it in the show notes? It's in the show notes. I put it there. Okay, there you have it. It's my calendar link. So, or email me directly. That's that's another way. So yes, I'm willing to help. I'm in the fortunate position not to have to do this to pay the rent, so to speak. So I know that in the past, I've had some coaches that I was helping create their wealth rather than them helping build my wealth. So I'm in in an enviable position to be able to help people and and not charge exorbitant rates.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit about applying the seven foundations, and we'll get to that right after this.
3: Every day you perform. Maybe not on a stage in front of a captive audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But in your business, whether you know it or not, you are performing. Thinking about your business like you have to go out there and put on a perfect show can help create long-lasting success. And you can find out the secrets how in the new book, Lights, Camera, Action. Business operational excellence through the lens of live theater. Author, speaker, actor, and business coach Mark Hain breaks down how you can craft a solid foundation rehearse before you ever serve your first customer and take action to provide an experience worthy of a standing ovation. Mark's experience running casinos, restaurants, and hotels, as well as his time in live theater, has been preparing him to help put the spotlight on your business and give it its time to shine. Order his book Lights Camera Action today at your favorite online store or directly at markhane.com. That's M A R C H A I N E.com.
0: Welcome back. I am here with Ivano Angaro. Evano, you know, from what we're talking about these seven foundational keys, it seems to me that in part two of those keys, you really talk a lot about strategic planning. One is your own mastery. Another one is your financial wealth. When somebody is sitting down and doing out their business plans for coming years and this sort of thing, that, what kind of considerations do they need in order to build the seven foundations into their strategic planning?
2: Wow, that's a,
0: that's it's a big question. question.
2: <laughs> it's a big question. What they say is detailed plans are only as good as your first crisis and then they collapse. So the way to think about this is strategic sort of a life master plan is to think of it more as as a tree with multiple branches. For example, there's your family goals, your business goals, your investment goals. And each one of these branches has branches branching off of these. And and you can grow various aspects of these branches. And if one doesn't produce the way you want it to produce, you prune it like you would prune a fruit tree. (laughs) So from the strategic aspect of thinking is, you want to have an idea of where you want to go and what the goals are, but not necessarily make the actual method of getting there so rigid that you cannot change or you're stuck. So that's about as general as I can make this without getting into specifics.
0: (laughs) But you know what, I love that analogy, that metaphor of the tree, because absolutely, you know, when you start branching out onto, let's say your business plans and so on, you want to be able to enough. build in strategies for your marketing, for your how you're going to deal with your staff, and exactly. and how you're going to you know deal with your staff in itself is a is a branch because those go out into multiple different facets, right? As well as how do you deal with customers and that sort of thing, the good times and the bad. So that's yeah. that's pretty um, that's pretty intense when you kind of think about this idea of creating those strategic plans. I know that some people would look at the seven foundations and they'd probably sit down and go, okay, now I have to now I have to sit down, I really have to think about this. And it would start dictating how they operate in every realm. Are there any cautionaries to those people who might look at this and go, maybe this is the magic key and the magic, the three beans that is gonna make me successful?
2: Yeah, no. These aren't magic beans. These are I chose the name of these carefully because I've this is an analysis of, of years of analyzing people and businesses and and studying various successful people and knowledge with relates to various businesses. These are keys, and keys are something that unlocks treasure chests or a room or a vault. So each one of these foundational keys are a big package of knowledge. And they're intended, and why they're seven is because I feel that all seven of these need to be implemented to be both financially and personally successful. By the same token, there's a lot of material in there. It's it's sort of an entire life course, if you want to consider it in, in that aspect. So the idea is is here is that, particularly for the younger entrepreneur, is that it paints a, a sketch or a, a big overall view of what it's necessary to be done and then as indicated earlier, is that then you look at each one of the keys and see how that applies both to your life and your business. And I believe that you have to have, have, to have all seven, but each one of these has a, a profound amount of knowledge and one has to find where the gaps in their own knowledge are. I'm not sure that yeah. many business, and I know from my experience, even with with colleagues that they they have not implemented all seven of these keys, and I know that there are people who are having financial issues and lifestyle issues because they haven't haven't implemented those keys. So,
0: right, well, and you know, like I as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we could do a seven series podcast going through each one of these uh, keys, yeah. talking specifically about. The, you know, the problem that they solve and, yeah. and so on. It's amazing. This has been such a great conversation, Ivano. Do you have any last thoughts about what we've been talking about today? Maybe something we didn't cover?
2: And this, again, is a story that relates to myself, and that is to avoid procrastination. <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to joke that I wanted to join Procrastinators Anonymous, but I never got around to it so
0: (laughs) it's because they only put up the schedule tomorrow exactly
2: so um (laughs) the cautionary tale is that you can look at the seven keys and you can say yeah yeah that's great and then set them aside and i've been guilty of that myself in the past and sometimes even in the present there are things that well do i really want to do that but the the important thing is that in order to to affect change in your life you have to take action you know that's a given it's a law (laughs) That in order to to affect change, you have to take action. And the seven keys, a very simple tool to give you an overall idea of what needs to be accomplished. And you can go as deep as you need to in each one of these to affect the changes that you want and bring more success and and happiness in your life. And perhaps wealth, too.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Evano this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge, sharing your passion and sharing your I was going to say your servitude but you know it is absolutely plain to see that you are a servant leader and that you are here for uh, to help other yeah, people get better. It's been my mission that. in life
2: just to, to help those in the sphere of my influence to make life better for the people in the sphere of my influence. And, um, and thanks to you, I hopefully can improve, increase that sphere of influence. By
0: millions, by millions of people. Okay. By a couple of people who watch the show. (laughs) (laughs) Ivano, thank you so much again. As I mentioned earlier, your connection and your contact details are in the show notes. And again, Ivano has offered 30 minutes complimentary consultation if you want to pick his brain and see how you can apply this to your business. So I think that's really great. Ivano, thank you again. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure and it's fantastic what you're doing for the business community. Thank you very much. Thank you. As always, my offer stands. If you would like a complimentary 30-minute brainstorming session with you and your team with me, please feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below. It's the one that's marked meetme.so slash Mark This is you time. This is all about trying to figure out what are some of the angst and some of the challenges that you have in your business. And if I don't have the answers, just watch my podcast. I have resources all over the planet that can maybe give you a hand. As always, I am at your service. And oh yeah, I forgot to mention to you, please mark your calendar for November 5 and 6. We will be hosting the Fall 2021 Audacious Leaders Summit. You can check us out at audaciousleadersummit.com for more details. Right now we are in the planning stages, but I tell you, if June is anything to go by, we, we just had 19 speakers at our June summit. It was absolutely fantastic. The value was indescribable. And so I'm thinking that the fall one that we're going to be putting together is going to be even better and if you haven't done so yet why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this feed and follow me on social media i'd love to connect with you as ivano mentioned i love business i love business people and anything i can do to help and support that my name is mark hain i hope that you stay safe stay healthy and dare to be the exception
1: thank you for joining us this week on experience leadership make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to MarkhainLive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes, or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.